0: It is Wednesday, December eighth at twelve oh one PM Eastern Standard Time, and you are listening to the new episode of Miss Congeniality. What the hell is that? I li- like. I am trying to think of like a cool intro. <laughs> Sue me. If anyone has an intro recommendation that they would like to pass along, that would just be helpful, but welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're listening, and we have a lot to cover today, so we're just going to get into the shit. Um, First, updates. First, what's been going on? How are you guys? Ask yourself. Do a check-in. That stuff's all important. I am going to go in my camera roll to figure out what I did in the past week that I could share with you. Let's take a gander. I take so many photos. It's like obnoxious. It is obnoxious, darling. Oh, wait. Did we? No. This, what? Oh, my God. I just thought for some reason that we didn't do an episode last week, but we definitely did do one. And that's incredible. And I'm so glad that we did. So I went to Ann Arbor. And that's my alma mater's college town, the University of Michigan, to visit my brother. And it was, we did the thing. Listen, I feel weird in my college town. I feel out of place. I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncertain. But it doesn't mean I feel bad. Like I don't harbor negative emotion toward anything. I don't think I have any emotion toward it. And today's episode is about post-grad life and adjusting. And we're going to get into so much. But like partially, I just think that like college wasn't the best four years of my life. And I'm going to get into that too. And I think because of that, like I have very fond affection and memories of Michigan. But now when I'm there, like I don't even know if I feel like an alumni. I just feel kind of like, okay, this is a place and it's a place that I used to love very deeply and used to know very deeply. And now I just don't really think about it anymore unless I'm thinking about the context of my brother being there. But it was really just nice to like spend some time with Jack, who's like my favorite person on the planet and enjoy each other's company and eat dinner and drink margs and do a little Michigan bar crawl and then after that I went to Chicago and visited with my best friend. I feel like I've been a little unplugged um on the internet. Well, not now, but like over the weekend. Because Both my brother and my best friend aren't big, like, social media users, so I tend to kind of, like, not post a ton when I'm with them, just out of, like, respect for their own boundaries, but also, like, living in the present I think is really important, and I haven't seen my best friend in six months. She's a long-distance best friend from college. We're also going to get into that today, and it was just special to, like, spend time with her one-on-one and, like, enjoy that, and I hate flying by myself, but I did it, which was, you know, something else uh, happens, and then i got back and i've just been trying to reframe my mindset i got a dyson air app guys i'm obsessed like i hate to break it to you guys because i know that everybody doesn't want to spend money on it i would not have spent my own money on it unless i knew that it was going to be as good as it is because it's like quite literally brilliant it's brilliant first of all i don't know why they sent me one they it's so funny they sent me this like shady message why do i feel like i've already told you guys this Whatever. They sent me this message being like, you never do your hair, queen. Like, we'd love to help. And I was like, um, okay, bestie. So that. And then I went uh to Sunny Boy last night, which is like my favorite restaurant in the city. I'm going home today to take care of my dog, the one last standing dog. But I think that's gonna be nice because I really feel overwhelmed. Like I really need a reset and I'm looking forward to the next few days. And then I'm going to SantaCon on Saturday, which is unfortunate because for some reason I feel like it's so fratty, like the epitome of frat is SantaCon. I don't know, but I'm going and that'll be that. And then on Sunday, uh, Scorpio Boy's going to come back with me home and we're going to spend the day together at home. So that's nice. And things are happening. Listen, I have a lot of stuff to do right now. Like in life, I have not at this time bought any Christmas gifts, haven't bought one and I have... So many to buy. So that I need to do the stockings. That I don't even want to open my to do list, but I know for a fact that I need to drop off clothes at a seamstress. I picked up my medications. That's good. I have to ship out my best friend's birthday gift. I have like 794 things to do, and all I want to do is lie down. And I just feel very emotionally overwhelmed. And I feel like you can hear it in my voice. But I'm trying to keep my head on straight. Like honestly, you guys are all motivating me and keeping me going, and I'm very grateful for that. So I'm trying to like stick to the plan stay on the goal and those are all the updates i have really i haven't done or seen much uh the recent episode of svu is incredible i've said it once i'll say it again favorite show love it to death if anybody listens to this and has a movie recommendation for me i'll be home alone i would love to watch a movie i don't like movies though so be specific be like we really think you would like this one like i'm not a big movie watcher however i would love a recommendation for that Also, call for graphic designers. I'm trying to do merch and the place that I was going to do it with kind of ghosted me and I'm now just thinking I might just like do it on my own, but I want a graphic designer to help. So, I would love it if one of you guys messaged me and we could work together. So, that's all for the updates, I think. Um... Yeah, I'm really excited about today's episode. I think it's something that I finally feel ready to talk about. I think like you need a little bit of distance from graduation or like the fake graduation that I had being that I graduated in 2020 to be able to talk about what it's like post grad and like navigating that. Like I think a lot of my life is me fucking up and then being able to tell people how to not fuck up in the way I did and I fucked up. A little bit and i did some of the right stuff too and we're gonna get into all of that but i kind of want to start and tell you guys like my journey post-grad um because i think it'll put it into context so in college i interned at two broadway producing offices and i love theater but i wanted to be a creative and not somebody who is hiring the creative which is more what producing is and i found myself feeling creatively stifled in those roles Not to mention I'm not left-brained enough or whatever brain is like the organized side, I'm not, I'm the artist side. And so it was, I was never going to be successful. So in August, um, September of 2019, I basically realized that I don't want to be in theater anymore unless I could be a playwright, but I don't know how I'm going to get that opportunity. So I kind of started freaking out, but then I was like, you want to be a writer. You've always wanted to be a writer. Like writing is your thing. And so I applied to a bunch of MFA programs, um, MFA in creative writing, fiction and poetry, and one journalism program. I wound up getting into NYU for MFA fiction and Columbia J school after figuring out the loan situation. I was not going to be able to cover the entire thing with loans like the way it shook out and so I needed like a very small amount of help from my dad but help nonetheless and so when I proposed the whole plan to him he was like no offense but like you're a good fiction writer you're always going to be a good fiction writer I'm not going to pay to help you with your MFA so either figure out how to pay for the MFA yourself or I'll help you pay for J school I think he just thought it was more practical. Probably the correct answer, but I do believe that MFAs and journalism school are both maybe a little pointless, and that I think I've talked about in another episode, and if you're interested in why, you could just DM me, but I had an interesting experience, but that's something else. So I get into J school, and like I got into an Ivy League J school. I got into the best J school in the country, right? Like not to brag, but like I felt like I had never won in my life and this just felt like a win that you had to take. And I'm not going to lie, in my gut, something felt a little off. Like I just didn't know if it was right, but I had to do it because number one, it's Columbia J School. Number two, I have no journalism experience at this point other than, you know, scholarly and or like student journalism, which, you know, big newsrooms aren't taking that for any like experience so I'm like I don't really know what I want and I think I have to go and follow this now in hindsight I'm very grateful I did I met the greatest people of my life and I also um, had a tremendous experience learning but there's a bunch of other shit that goes along with that but while I was there I still didn't feel right like I didn't feel right when I was in the theatrical producing space I didn't feel right when I was at Columbia Journalism School like I just didn't feel like it didn't make my heart sing and you know what Not everything is going to make your heart sing, and not everything can, and not everything even should. But I felt very misplaced. And it is okay to get to feel misplaced and to get misplaced. And we're going to talk about that. But I'm just saying, like looking back on it now, I'm glad I went through it and I'm glad I grew through it. But I felt wrong, and I'm glad that things have worked out another direction for me. Again, I just it's so hard because you say you want to be an artist and people are like, so you're going to starve or like, so your dad's going to support you for the rest of your life. And it's like, Jesus Christ, that's all I heard my entire life, right? Like I want to write poetry so bad. It like lives in my blood. Like I want to be an author. I want to write a column. Like I'm creative. And like, that's my strength. Like I can't do math for shit. I literally got a C minus in the easiest math class that they offered at Michigan, Stats 150. It's a step below entry level stats. I got a C minus. Like, I can't do math. My brain doesn't work that way. I I'm I fucking wish that I was, you know, good enough at producing to be in theatrical administration I wish that I was like level-headed and strong-willed enough to, to be a lawyer or something but I'm not that's just not who I am and I can't force a circle into a square it's never gonna work or a square into a circle like just like those people probably envy me for my creative self I really envy them for everything else um and so all this to say like I just didn't feel creative like it was very like news journalism oriented which is great it's so good to learn and so good to be stretched and so good to be challenged but I didn't feel creative and it's hard because I was like, well, I don't know what the hell to do. Because like I, I I'm not getting a book deal at Penguin Random House tomorrow morning. And I'm not, you know, I have no eyes on my poetry and I, I'm not gonna be a playwright like tomorrow. And I think on some level that's a toxic way of thinking. It's realistically toxic because here's the thing. I was being realistic with myself and saying, bitch, you're probably not gonna make this dream, this huge ass dream come true today. But I think it was toxic to say it could never happen and it's interesting because the bricks laid down in a row that ended up building the house that I live in now. And those bricks, I think I resented them for a while. But I I graduate from Columbia and um, you know, TikTok stuff is happening and whatever. It's not at the level it is now, but it's happening. And I'm writing my newsletter. I'm also doing my podcast. That stuff feels right. But it's like, okay, everybody wants to have a podcast and everybody wants to freelance write newsletters and everybody wants to post on TikTok and make money from it. Like you know and I have to pay my loans now and pay my rent and I get cut off financially and I have to figure out a way to support myself so I get this job and I've talked about the job on the podcast and leaving the job and I've written a newsletter about it so if you're interested in all that stuff I worked at it for five months you can hear all about it and the kind of trauma that went along with it as well but I'm in this job and you know what like I hated it but like a lot of people hate their jobs like come on I was a journalist like there are people that have to wake up in the morning and go to the NICU and tell parents that their child passed away like No, like my job is not hard and it still is not hard comparatively to like any other service job or any other job in a hospital or anywhere else. I'm tremendously lucky, but we'll get there. So I'm kind of freaking out and whatever. But like I said, eventually the bricks that I resented and the bricks that I was laying down, even that even though they felt wrong or turned around or weird, They built the house that I live in now. Every step that I took, even in directions that are so opposite of where I am today, led me to where I am today. And so I just think trusting the universe is really important and that's like what I've learned from my journey and now I want to get into like all the stuff you guys asked me to talk about and all of this wonderful advice that you hope for me to give to you. But something that's really crucial for me to mention is that college is not the best four years of your life. I hate that bullshit you know what you could be 99 and on your deathbed and reflecting and say when i was 21 that was the best year of my life but why the fuck would we tell 17 year olds like these are these next four years are the best ones of your life like they're gonna graduate at 22 hopefully that's only a third of their life if not way like less than a third or more i don't know math but like that's only a portion of their life like why would you make that blanket statement like and just say like nothing's ever going to compare like I hope that on my deathbed I'm 99 years old and I say 40 was fucking lit I went fucking off when I was 40 that was the best year of my life I think there are little portions of every year of your life that can be the best year and I hate when people say that college is supposed to be the best four years of your life it can be but for most of us it's not and it puts a really unrealistic pressure and it makes people freak out when they get there and they don't like it and I Because of that, I think college is actually the most formative years of your life. The four most formative years, right? Like I went in and came out an entirely different human being my freshman year and the second semester of my junior year and the first semester of my senior year were the worst times of my life. The worst. Okay. like the worst. And it doesn't help to have people telling you that it's supposed to be the best because it's not. And when I switched my mindset to be like, this is not going to be the best four years of my life, it really helped. And The year that I'm in right now blows all those four years out of the fucking water. And I'm not shaming you if you had the best four years in college and you had so much fun, but I'm just saying, why would you want that to be your peak? Like, shouldn't we be ascending the whole time? Like, and there should be like peaks and valleys and hills and like shit we climb over. And all this to say, like, things get better than college. And the transition can sometimes be really hard. And we're going to talk about it. Okay, so the first thing I do want to talk about is like finding your path after graduation. So I have like a bunch of different sections that we're going to talk about. And this is my first thing. So I think that we all use this term and I did, too. I would say my dream job. I have an interview for my dream job. This is my dream job. This is my dream city. This is my dream man. Cut it out. You know why? You, I promise you, do not know what your dream is. There is a likely chance, probably 10%, that you land that quote dream job and it actually is your dream job. And you know what? Go off. I'm happy for you. That's amazing. But what I'm trying to say is, I would say my dream job is to have this fellowship at the Wall Street Journal writing about books and art, right? That was my quote dream job, unquote. I got rejected three years. I was the finalist all three years, right? the universe was telling me like, baby, this is not your dream job. You don't know what your dream job even is, but I have it in store. And one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be working your actual dream, dream job and you're going to be like, I never saw this one coming. Your dream is the unexpected. It is exactly what you don't think is actually your dream job. You might not even know this kind of job exists. Look at me, I didn't. I promise you that your quote dream job is is not actually your dream job. So, stop framing it like that. You can say this job I'm really excited about that I'm interviewing for, this job that I really would love to have. That's all okay. But putting that unrealistic expectation that it's going to be your dream first of all sets you up for disappointment if you do get it and you hate it. But second of all, it's just a really bad way of looking at things. And instead just trust the universe, do your best, apply to jobs, you know, make lists for yourself, stay organized, and the universe is going to put you in that dream job. And it's okay. To not do what you thought you would do. Listen, I thought that I was gonna be a theater administration, that I thought I was gonna be a reporter. Look at me, like I am not doing what I thought I would do ever. And that's okay. And you know what? We have to stop perceiving ourselves through the lens of the perception we think others could have. For example, I could say people think that my job is stupid and superfluous. No one's ever actually told me that. I just think people might say something like that. And so I'm perceiving myself based on what they might think. Don't. Just let it go. If you're doing what you thought you might not be doing, but you like it, or you're doing something you thought you might not be doing originally, but it's paying your bills, like that's enough. And you don't have to explain yourself or your career choices to legitimately anybody. And of course, it's like hard to actually get that place where you're like I'm letting go but I think the law of attraction is something I talk about a lot and it's really important which is just positivity out positivity in so if you're consistently being positive about the world and how you think about things and how you think about yourself you'll only be able to get positivity back it's like a boomerang right Same thing with negative energy and negative thoughts. Just try your best to switch every negative thought you have into a positive one. And I'm not talking about toxic positivity. You're allowed to be sad. Honestly, you should be sad every now and then. But what I'm saying is the law of attraction is really important to getting yourself in this mindset where you stop letting the perception others have of you impact how you feel about yourself. But of course, like the main thing that we're dealing with here is that you are living with a bunch of people or you have a friend group and everybody is going to. Go in different directions, and we're gonna talk about physically and maintaining friendships, but I mean more so like career-wise, right? Like senior year, I lived with five people and all five of them had a job except for me, right? The whole year. The whole year. Like we get there in September 1st, they have a job, they're all signed, right? I'm looking for jobs, I wanna be creative, I wanna do all this shit, I'm freaking out. I was always panicked, I was not on the same page as them. And one day I was complaining to my best friend, and she was like, Do you know? what I would do to be in your shoes. And I was like, what? And she was like, you have like this insane passion that keeps you up at night to write. Like you have an urgency. So yeah, you can complain all you want about how hard it is to break into a creative place, or you can just go do it because people would kill to have that same level of passion and talent. I shut the fuck up after that one. I realized that like, We're all in different spots. I could never have the jobs that my friends from college have. Never. They're all way smarter than me. They could never have the job I have either. It's what makes us friends. We share with each other. And yeah, you're going to have friends that you are competitive with for jobs. Don't talk to them about it. Like, honestly, just don't bring it up. If they're asking about your job search, just don't say anything. Honestly, my friends did a really good job of respecting each other in that regard, Sometimes I would be like, I have this huge interview, but mostly I just kept it to myself. I think it's good karma to keep things to yourself. And then it avoids conversations that could stress you out that your friends are having and like competitiveness, et cetera. And on an entire other level, it's okay to be really lost or stuck about what you do want to do. Like finding a job is so hard, especially in this job market. And finding your first job is really hard and it might be really frustrating, but it's okay to take it one day at a time. Like that's all this is, right? It's one day at a time. So I kind of set a goal for myself where I would apply for two jobs a day. I applied for a lot of jobs. I would apply for two jobs a day and I would go on LinkedIn and Glassdoor and like all those websites, just Google searching. I had spreadsheets and I kept myself organized. But if I applied for two jobs a day, that was me succeeding in my job search, right? And I was also networking and reaching out to people I knew and talking to people and all that good stuff. It is frustrating. You're gonna get... 10 rejections for every one acceptance but it only takes one yes for you to change your own life right like 700 people could say no it only takes one yes didn't Lady Gaga say that I'm pretty sure she did so try not to get frustrated about finding your first job and figuring out what you want to do with your life like you're very young you have so much time like I took this reporting role. it was an insurance reporting role. insurance because I needed to buy myself time having a job buys you time Because you can pay your bills, you can pay your rent and you're literally buying yourself time or living at home buys you time because you're saving money. And both of those things are okay. Taking a job that you're not sure that you even like and staying at home and trying to figure out are both completely valid things. Why the hell would you want to just like stress yourself out and be broke? Like do what you need to do to get to where you want to go. Do one thing every single day that advances you to where you want to be. It's not that hard and it sounds like, oh my god, one thing every day to advance me to my goal. It can be little. Like if your goal is to be a famous singer, like every day you write a verse of a song or something, like it doesn't have to be some grand Joyce thing. I'm just saying like it's okay to not know what you want to do and to be figuring it out and to feel lost and to feel stuck and I promise you that on some level everybody feels that way, even those people that have their quote dream job unquote. I really do think when it comes to job hunting stuff in the post-grad world, there's like this toxicity around the world success. Like, oh, they're working at Goldman Sachs. They're successful. They're working. You know, they got this amazing job. They're successful. You know what actually looks like success in a post-grad state of mind? Doing things for yourself, growing as a person, Being happy, drinking water, getting your shit done, and advancing toward your goals. Those are all personal things. Don't let somebody else's perception of you or how you think they might be perceiving you. Alter in any way how you feel about yourself, specifically when it comes to success and jobs and all that shit. Just let it go. If you're doing your best and you're working hard and you're advancing toward your goals, you're doing everything that you really can do. And in my eyes, you're successful. Like, I was home. I mean, we were all home for COVID lockdown, but like, I felt stuck and like a failure and like, Just weird when I was in COVID lockdown in my childhood bedroom after not even being able to graduate with my degree and not having a job or not knowing what I was going to do with my life and feeling wrong. Like all of those emotions hit me, but I was able to keep myself healthy and happy. And to me, that's successful. And eventually, I was able to meet maybe the standard expectation of what success means or what an adult might say success means. Maybe eventually, I was able to meet somebody else's definition of success, but it didn't matter because I met mine already. And that is what I was really looking to attain. I do, though, have some tricks for um, resumes and LinkedIn just because I did make it to the final round of like many prestigious journalism fellowships and programs like the NBC Page program, the Wall Street Journal Bartley Fellowship, the New York Post. Um, I'm So hopefully this will help. My first one is just go on LinkedIn and look at your second and third like matches, people that went to your school or you have some sort of connection to who work at the company that you want to work at. And then you just message them being like, hi, my name is Eli Rallo. I'm currently a student at Columbia's journalism school. I graduated from Michigan in 2020, go blue. Great to see that you went there as well. I would love to touch base if possible for an informational interview. I'm really looking into applying for this job at InStyle and I would love to hear more about your experience there. You have no idea. What that conversation could do for you if they take it and normally they do especially because people like to help students so do this when you're like about to graduate slash when you just graduate it could literally land you a job LinkedIn is king it also is really good for finding jobs it's amazing um resumes i if you guys are really curious about mine you can ask like now it's kind of defunct like i it's interesting but you can ask me for it if you want to see it but basically what i recommend doing is use an email that is not your school or university email because i don't know it just looks like student vibes and unprofessional i've heard that before so use a separate email address just keep it up to date make sure all the fonts are the same and all that good stuff don't lead with your education um right after you graduate maybe it's okay but once you have your first job or like your first big internship lead with experience because they frankly don't care where you went to school sometimes it can help you but it never harms you so just put that one underneath your experience and like add some special skills and like some quirky things about you I like that my resume was like blue and white and gray so it wasn't just like a standard white resume flared up a little bit And then my other two recommendations for job hunting stuff is put yourself in the right rooms. You never know who you're going to meet. For example, last night I was at an event and when I got there I was a little anxious because I was alone and I didn't know anybody. And then I started talking to people and I met this really cool YouTuber and this amazing um, film director and writer. And then I met uh, someone who worked at TikTok and all of these things could lead to somebody else. You have no idea who somebody is or how they could help you. Put yourself in the right rooms and be turned on. And then the other thing is that whatever your craft is, let's just say it's writing. I do not care if you're writing in your literal notebook or if you're posting on a blog that two people follow and it's your grandma and your mom. Everything you write is for the New York Times. Tell yourself that. Everything I write is going in the New York Times, period. Everything. If you hold yourself in that way, you're going to excel, period. Like that's my best career advice that I could possibly ever give but I think the job stuff is less so universal because a lot of people do get to graduate with jobs. Like good for you. You look happy and healthy. Not me. If you ever cared to ask (laughs) what the hell. Okay. But I think like a lot of people do graduate with jobs or a lot of people aren't struggling with this, but what people do struggle with is college friendships and maintaining friends after college and friendships shifting or growing apart from friends. And here's the truth. Friends go to different places after college period. That is a fact, right? Like I didn't have a huge group in college. I like to keep my circle small. My best friend in the entire world lives in Chicago and the other one lives in London. And I live with two of my best friends now and that's kind of like my four best friends in the world. And two of them, half of the party, does not live where I live. And that has been really different and really interesting and oftentimes really hard. But this is my advice. So college is like a bubble. It's like fake real life. Like everything can exist Really strong in a bubble because reality is not reality. So, like, there are certain relationships that you could be in that within a bubble, like within a Disney movie bubble, it's perfect. And the first time that you have to step out into the real world within that relationship, it crumbles and falls because it never would have actually been healthy and live or liable in the real world. It was only healthy and liable in the bubble world. Friendships are the same way, and college is the bubble world. And we can't you know prohibit college from not being the bubble world it just is it's like it's like life with training wheels on right and so if you're on life with training wheels on and you have a friend on the bike and you're on the bike together and then the training wheels randomly come off and you're meant to learn how to ride the bike without it the bike might fall over it actually in fact it probably will and a lot of those people will get too hurt to ever want to be on the bike again and a lot of those people will help the bike up and get on back on it with you and figure it out and that's just the way the world works And similarly to relationships ending, friendships ending, it doesn't make that friendship any less valid. It doesn't make the memories that you had any less important or any less real that happened. It's special. But what it does do is put that in a different chapter and that's okay. So I think, first of all, accepting that that's okay and that is going to happen is important. We do grow apart from our friends and it's natural. And just like any other relationship, adult friendships are work, but when you guys both work at it, they work. And I think that that's really important of a long-distance friendship. So Allie is my best friend, and she lives in Chicago. We make sure to see each other every three to six months if possible. We switch off and on who comes where. One time we went to Puerto Rico with our significant others together and we hadn't seen each other in like eight months. And it makes our time spent together very special and intimate and different than it's ever been before because we've both grown as people and we've grown as people away from one another. And in college, we grew as an appendage together. And it was really hard. There were a lot of growing pains to like lose the daily aspect of waking up down the hallway from my best friend. But in some ways, obviously in some ways it's worse, like, God, I wish, oh my God, like, how would my life be better if she was just here and I could track her location and we'd be in the same city? Holy shit, that's a dream. But in many ways, it makes our relationship so special. Like, this is a person that's going to be in my life forever. I can say that with confidence. I know it's true. It's really special that when I do see her, like, I remember all the things that make her incredible because I'm not seeing her every day. I would much rather see her every day than every three months, but it is, like, there's a silver lining there, right? Like, I was just with her, and it was so incredible, but also, like, we've worked at it, like, We call each other on the phone and we talk to each other about shit going on in our lives and we FaceTime and we text every single day and we send memes and tweets and whatever else because we both want to put the work in to maintain that friendship. Friendships after college don't happen just because you could be like, let's go out together. Like When you're an adult, your life changes very quickly and I think that is partially the reason why we have monogamy and people aspire to marriage it's just like a built-in friend and somebody that you're forced to like be around all the time because they like not only live with you but also like share a bank account with you in some cases and like taxes and whatever i think like a lot of the reason why we aspire to that is because it is a lot of work to keep up friendships in an adult life in a new city when you're trying to deal with your own routine which we're going to get into routines and so i think that like it is a lot of work and you have to acknowledge that and it's like not something you can change it's similar to like when we were all in lockdown, like, and we were all missing our graduation, I kind of came to this strange piece about it because I was like, I'm not going to be upset forever. Like everybody else did deal dealt with this too. Like I'm not special. Like everybody else lost their graduation too. And I'm allowed to be upset and it's allowed to suck, but I'm not the only person in the world experiencing this right now. And it's the same thing with friendships after college. Like everybody is in the same boat. Everybody is trying to navigate that and, you know, feel it out. And I think there's also something to be said about your friends that live in the same city as you. And I think it's special. Like I've grown closer to people that I didn't know as well in college. And that's just a product of like we're in the same city and we have molded into adults now. And it's like we're different, but it's like a different relationship. And the other fact of the matter is like you are going to be on different planes at, than your friends after graduating. Some people are going to have jobs and others aren't going to have jobs right away. Some people are going to be making six figures and some people are going to be making half that. And that is also another fact. And I think like if you're the person that's in the position that you have the job when your friends don't or you have, you know, you're making more money, like number one don't be an asshole, like don't shame them. Like it's you're not morally superior because you make more money than somebody that's fucked up. And also, like, don't propose grand joys things that, you know, your friends can't afford. Like there are friends that you might have that can afford those things and go ahead and do those things with that, those friends every now and then. But like you need to understand that in this world of postgrad, there are a lot of people that can't afford those same things. And you're going to either decide like I'm a dick and we're not friends anymore because you can't afford my lifestyle or let's make this work and like let's do things that that your friend proposes or like you just propose things that are less expensive and all that stuff and if you're the friend that makes less money and I feel like I was like that with a lot of my friends same vein like don't be afraid to be like I really can't afford this kind of stuff that you do and I wish that we could hang out but like is it possible that we hang out in a different context because I can't afford all this stuff that you do that's totally appropriate that's like boundary setting and friendships and relationships are allowed to shift we live in this idea that they're not allowed to change at all and they have to be the same all the time and that everything needs to be on the same like beat forever that's bull right like this is a new uncharted territory you're going to grow you're going to change and because you grow and change and because the other person grows and change the friendship is going to change as well and that's all right and sometimes friendships shift and they fall apart they just fall apart And that's something that we have to accept. Sometimes friendships change and they're stronger than ever. I've experienced both in my postgrad life. And I think we have to honor the potential for both of those to happen. And in our adult lives, it is hard to see friends and make plans with them, like especially in New York City. I don't know what it is. It is the plague to friendships. Honestly, if you want to see if your friendship stands the test, both of you just moved to New York. See how often you see each other. If you don't live together, it's going to be once every four months, I swear to God. And it's honestly like kind of good. Like, okay, I'm very socially introverted, so I like it. But it's, you know, developing your routine is really important. And it's hard, right? Like, it's hard. You're like, what the fu-? Like, what am I doing right now? Like, I feel like you wake up sometimes and you're like, what the fuck am I doing, right? Finding your footing takes a second like it took me a second like I remember the feelings that I had when I first moved here and like developing a routine when I was in grad school and like developing a routine now even like still and it's okay to be burnt out or feel really burnt out by repetition after having variety because college gives you some sort of variety right. And then you might feel like every day is the same. I get up, I go to the gym, I do this, I do that, and then I go to bed and it's driving me fucking mad, right? That is very normal, okay? That is like absolutely normal. And maybe at the same time you're feeling bored, you're feeling lonely, you're like, this is just a circle that keeps going. Is it just going to keep going until I retire? It could be if you make it that way, but it doesn't have to be. You're in the driver's seat here, okay? This is your life, right? Right? And you are on an unending road for your entire life. There is no destination. It changes all the time. All we're doing in this life is looking for somebody to get in the driver's seat next to us, get in the passenger seat and say, let's go for a fucking ride let's go see all the sights, let's take risks, Let's when there's a fork in the road, let's go the way that we don't think we should go. You know what I mean? Like That's the point. But all this to say, you're in the driver's seat, so you're allowed to pick up whoever you want and you're allowed to do whatever you want. So on some level, you have your routine, right? You got to go to your nine to five, you want to go to the gym, you got to meal prep, you got to sleep, enough. But there is nothing stopping you from finding a hobby or a spark that makes that routine worth living for you, that makes you feel not burnt out and not like it's repetitive and not bored or not lonely. There are many ways to do it. I'm going to go through a few of them. First of all, find a fixation, even if it's like starting small because you feel like you don't have a lot of energy, a podcast or a daily podcast or a TV show or something that you are very obsessed with or like a book, an author, so that every day you have this like joy, like, oh, my God, I get to listen to my podcast in the morning. Oh, my God, I get to do this. Find a workout class that you're going to splurge on that you're obsessed with so that you wake up in the morning like, oh, my God, I get to go to my workout class. And classes are a way to make friends. Workout classes are bomb for making friends. If you go to like Cycle or Bowery's or whatever it is at the same time every week, you're going to start seeing the same people. You're going to start making friends with them there's literally no better way to make friends another thing if you're like i'm just i'm going crazy right now i need to do something get a one day a week side hustle tutor or work at a coffee shop or bartend friends employees fellow people seeing people things happening writing inspiration like stuff happens around you when you make stuff happen around you so if you're freaking out because you feel bored and lonely it is up to you to get in the driver's seat and find that footing I love meetup.com. They have tons of clubs. You can join a book club. You can join a writer's group. You can join a runner's group. There's a club for everything in your city. Go to meetup.com. I'm not kidding. You will find something sparky. If your spark is like, I want to bake and I'm going to make a huge list of all the things I'm going to bake and once a week I'm going to bake something and I'm going to start an Instagram account for my baking or I'm going to get a keyboard and I'm going to write songs and I'm going to put them on TikTok. I don't care if nobody watches them. That's a spark, right? Like anything could be a spark. You could do sewing knitting like I cannot even tell you how many things that you could pick up to be your hobby and your spark so that you don't feel like you're freaking out and that there's burnout and repetition and guess what there is both of those things it exists sometimes it felt like it existed for me but I think I've, I've done a really good job at spicing my days up I keep myself on my toes because I know I have to and it's fucking hard right like therapy has helped me my support system has helped me books have helped me so many things have inspired me to you know want to avoid that but it's hard and you have to be willing to get in the driver's seat and just do it for yourself and there are so many other things too that I think can help like recommendations I have like the new normal is staying in on Friday nights and wearing pajamas and ordering sushi and having a self-care moment like look forward to that for yourself look forward to your self-care weekends go on an adventure make a never have I ever list that is a list of things that you have never done now my list I'm going to read you some of the stuff like it was literally like never have I ever had a lychee martini rode a boat in Central Park seen the ballet had all you can eat sushi done that gondola in the city rock climbing Uh, gone to a dog shelter, had Indian food in New York City. I've had it in Ann Arbor, but I've never had it in the city. Like these things like bake gluten-free bread, go to a wine tasting, try Arby's. Like those are little things that I have never done. What the hell? Like, do you know how I spice up my life? I literally take one thing off the list and I do it. Try Arby's fuck it I'm go I'm in go to a comedy show in New York I'm in you know like go to drag brunch like there make a list of things you've never done before you will surprise yourself and you will find a spark so those are my recommendations um but obviously it's hard to adjust to a new place like it's an adjustment it's like the adjustment that you had when you got to college without the comfort that college brings and the hand holding um but it's exciting and I think nerves are good nerves mean that you care but you have to reframe your anxieties to energy because if you can do that, you can channel the energy into progress and that will become exciting to you. I try to do that every day when I'm feeling anxious. I turn it into energy and I turn that energy into progress. Um, It's something I've literally my whole life tried to do. And I think, you know, developing a new identity outside of your degree and outside of college is something that also comes with the territory. Like, you're going to change. This is not who you are right now. Listening to this is not who you're going to be next year, right? Like I even reflect on who I was last year and I'm like, okay, I was getting there, but I still wasn't who I am. And two years ago, that is a different woman, right? Like that's a different person and it's okay. Like I changed, I've changed. I've changed my opinions. I've changed my values. I've changed my beliefs. I've changed how I look at the world. And a lot of it was adjusting to New York and adjusting to this place Even though I've been here a billion times and I've lived here before, it's like adjusting to this place in the point of my life that I am in now. And it's okay if that adjustment takes time. Lean on your people, do your self care things, and just try to spark up your life because, you know, there are a lot of people that suffer from post grad depression and anxiety, myself included. And if you feel like you might be prone to that, anticipate it and find a way that you could subvert some of it. Now, I always say this but you cannot cure mental illness. It does not exist. We learn how to function with it and in spite of it, we learn how to, you know, deal with it. We learn how to deal with our anxiety and depression. We do not cure it. If you're looking at it trying to cure it, you're going to fail. Instead, look at it as how can I manage this? Is it going to be medication? Is it going to be therapy? How am I going to make sure that I don't fall into that hole before it happens? You know, do some self-organization of your brain. Like look inward, journal, read, try to figure out how you're going to anticipate this and how you're going to manage it before it happens because it is very common and it is something that does happen to many people in this chapter of life but here's something to remember people fake it so that you wouldn't know and on social media it looks different but everybody is in the same shoes right like everybody who's graduating college and moving on to their next step is in the same shoes they don't know what the fuck is going on people lie on social media a lot surround yourself with people that don't want to lie and lie on social media if you want to like I'm not going to tell you what to do I tried to be authentic but at the same time what really is authenticity on the internet these days it's hard you know and that's a different conversation but remember that people are in the same shoes as you are I'm an introverted person you know I don't want or like to fill my life up with people there are people that I have filled up my life with who are very special to me and those are my people and that's my person and that's my shit you know what I mean but I don't go after filling up my life with more people but if you're someone like that then do it join bubble bff like join clubs meetup.com like all that good stuff like just remember that people are in your same shoes and at the end of the day like most people are good people and they want to empathize with you they want you to find a community because they want to find a community too like everybody wants community everybody wants to belong and there are many ways that you can do it Be friendly, say hi to strangers. If you like someone's outfit, compliment it. If you meet somebody in the elevator, talk to them, strike up a conversation, like let their dog be the intro or their boots or literally anything, the bag they're carrying. Have your friends introduce you to their friends. Like, you know, it's a chain reaction friendship and your best friend in the whole entire world could end up being somebody that you meet from somebody else that was your friend. You don't know what's going to happen. So just put your best foot forward and remember that everybody is in the same place it's obviously a weird time because you're like feel like you're still a child but you're not a child anymore like all of a sudden there's budgeting and, and money comes into the mix and socializing is different and your relationship to your body changes and like a lot of shit changes when you're getting older and you're in this you know phase but I think once you're comfortable you're comfortable and maybe not for long like shit is gonna change again but what I'm saying is like it's like when you're in an airplane and you're taking off like postgrad is taking off and all that turbulence and that weird feeling that you get in the pit of your stomach while you're like on the plane while there's turbulence and then all of a sudden the like pilot turns off the fasten seatbelt sign and it's smooth sailing and maybe there'll be turbulence again like 20 minutes later but you're gonna have 20 minutes of smooth sailing so you need to just like get to that smooth sailing part and you will get there but don't rush it like the adjustment period is really important but a lot of you did ask me about money and budgeting and, you know, I think I'm not the best person to go to for financial advice, not because I don't know anything about it, just because it's not something that I talk about so often. Um, I, I am very transparent about how much I pay for my rent at my gym membership, if you're curious. I just recommend keeping a budget tracker and a spreadsheet. That's what I do. It's very simple. I put aside money every month and it feels adult and weird, but you got to do what you got to do. And then I think socializing is An expensive thing because everybody just wants to go out to eat and drink in their 20s in big cities. But remember that you're not obligated to go do or, you know, eat or drink anything. And you could also recommend cooking at home. My roommates and I cook at home at least once a week. We host dinner parties. It's really nice, potluck style. People bring things. We watch TV, listen to music, dance in our living room. It's really fun. And I think it's weird because, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but personally, I'm over my party girl phase, but you could still be in your party girl phase in your 20s. Like, that's pop off if you are. I just, I was in it for a really long time in college, like in it. And I think last year I was in it too. And now I'm just like very comfortable, like air drying my hair and wearing out a turtleneck and like going to bed at 11. That's kind of my shit. Um, I think that's the way I've matured and grown, but it's not immature to wanna party. Like, do what you wanna do, do what you can afford, don't go into debt, take care of yourself but have fun. And I think partially my view on dating post-grad is different because of that mature awakening that I had about like not wanting to be a party girl anymore. But what I have noticed in general, and again, everything I say does not apply to everyone. So just keep that in mind. But I think, you know, There's this hookup culture in college that does transition to the real world. Like there's definitely hookup culture in your 20s in the real world and your 30s and your 40s. Like there's hookup culture always. But the hookup culture is different because again, college is a fake bubble. And so, your like sneaky link or hookup in college and that actually happening in real life are very different because your obligations and your priorities are vastly different in the real world. And I think a lot of people don't want to fill up their life with people that they don't find worth it. Now, I'm not saying that you are not worth it to your college hookup or that they're not worth it to you. But what I am saying is that when you're in the real world and you're trying to prioritize and you're trying to figure shit out and budget and be an adult and adjust to a new routine, you might not have time for the person that was kind of just like, The sneaky link that you did before maybe occasionally and maybe you do and that's amazing like maybe you're living out your Murray Hill dream and you have your sneaky link that you go to all the time and pop off if that's you and you can always have someone to hook up with at the end of the night but I really think that the hookup culture transition does change and like there's less of like oh I'm hooking up with this guy there definitely is casual sex but it's not like college level of sneaky link it's more like i went home with this guy from the bar we're gonna get a drink like people just handle things more maturely and i think it's way better um and they i oftentimes think hookups care about you a little bit more which could be confusing because they do view you as sex but they view you as sex that they have respect for (laughs) but I think that the f me sweater thing which is I've explained on my Instagram which is basically just like the type of sweater that gets someone to fall in love with you like I used to go out on a date in like the tightest shirt possible and like you're allowed to do that like go off like but I did it for the man like I would wear like this tight shirt that like my boobs were pressed like together and like I would straighten my hair and fry my hair and like if you want to do this and this is what makes you feel good that's amazing I'm not shaming it I'm just saying I was doing all these things so that I would be viewed by this man that was taking me on a date and eventually I just threw it away and I was like well what if I just wore a sweater like this man wants to undress me so much more he sees my real personality the F me sweater absolutely works it is like mature and like sexy and sophisticated and smart and I'm absolutely obsessed with it and I think it can really skyrocket a relationship if you're curious I wrote about it on Instagram on November 21st it is pinned to my profile so you can see it there. Um, but I also understand that many people live at home after they graduate college and they're trying to navigate hookups and dating when you live at home now my biggest recommendation is like just telling your parents like I'm an adult so I'm gonna date or I'm gonna do what I want to do and like you guys have to be chill with that but something else if you're trying to hook up with somebody and it wouldn't be chill for you to like bring a sneaky link over to your house that you grew up in like maybe they don't live at home or like car stuff I don't really know exactly like how to navigate the hookup culture when you live at home like I did hook up with some people from home when I was living at home but either they had an apartment in the area or like we went to the beach or the car or like when both of our families weren't home they would come over stuff like that like you kind of just have to sneak around when it's like just sex but dating like you can date. Like you just have to tell your parents like be mature. I'm literally 24. Like relax. You know what I mean? I think like it's only awkward if you make it awkward and just sit your parents down and tell them that you're going to do this because you're an adult. And like until you get your footing, you're still going to live your life, even though you're living your life under their roof. But honestly, overall, something I'm grateful I did is not get into a relationship right away when I graduated college because I think I really needed to date myself because you go through different changes. Like in the beginning of college and in high school and like in when you turn 25 like there are different phases and I think when you enter a new phase of life you should date yourself for a little while if you're single like obviously if you're in a committed relationship you guys have agreed to like go through those changes together and that's really special but that's different what I'm saying is that I was single and I think I needed to date myself for a second and kind of like feel out who the hell I am for a moment and that I think was really important into like skyrocketing me to who I am now all of this to say like understood if you want a boyfriend so bad like go off go get it but I think it is important to date yourself for a little bit because there are going to be a lot of changes like I'm not going to sugarcoat it there are a lot of changes I think that's everything I have to say about this however someone did ask me to do this and I think it's really fun cities for postgrad based on your hot girl type now I truly and honestly believe that New York is an ironic hot girl she's peak ironic hot girl if you're an ironic hot girl I highly recommend New York City obviously LA is an elusive hot girl dude I've never even been to LA I don't know if I would do so well there um I just don't know like maybe I would but I probably wouldn't so that's you know something to consider another elusive hot girl is Phoenix Arizona she's basically a baby LA I've been there that is a hundred percent um a whatchamacallit what am I even saying that's an elusive Other elusives, Dallas and D.C., both elusive hot girls. Then our other ironic hot girls are Vegas, Austin and Atlanta. People think Vegas is a party hot girl. First of all, you can't tell me that my archetype scale is wrong because it's mine. But the reason that Vegas is ironic is because it's like a simulation. It's like the Kardashians. It's like very Foucaultian. It's very like postmodern. And because it's like literally ironic, like it's ironic, like it was a man constructed place. It's like Disney World. Obviously ironic. Party hot girls are Houston, Nashville, Miami and New Orleans. Um obviously that makes a lot of sense. If you don't know what that means, you can check it out on Instagram. And then Seattle, Boston, Philly, Detroit, and Chicago are hot girls that don't know it. And then our weird hot girls are St. Louis, Denver, San Francisco, and Portland. Obviously, you don't have to move to the hot girl city that matches what kind of hot girl you are. That being said, baby, you might want to know what your city's going to be like, what her personality is, cuz cities have personalities, they're people. And I think that's all for me. My throat hurts from talking so much. I'm hungry. I'm going to start complaining. It sounds like how I talk to Scorpio boy. (laughs) But I hope you guys had a wonderful week. I hope you have a wonderful upcoming plans for the weekend. Stay safe. Drink water. Honor your life. Be your best self. Give kindness to those around you. Enjoy your Buy Your Coffee Friday and your Chipotle Sunday. And I will see you next week. My DMs are always open if you need anything. And I love you very much. See you guys next time.